Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown and Raw, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. And let's be honest, the best weekly show that WWE puts out. It is. It definitely is that. Um, Roman Reigns continues to be excellent in the role. I don't necessarily think the role itself is particularly fashionable or, like, energizing. Very heavy on exposition, opening promos, He's excellent at the format, doesn't make the format any less dead, hmm. but he's very good. The in-ring action is good because, largely, the roster is pretty awesome. It's better than Raw. <laughs> um, it's intriguing as well. With We'll get into it with the, the forthcoming Usos and Street Profits match tonight. Intriguing that the Roman Reigns te- technically right now doesn't really have anything, and he is the be all and end all for this show for me in terms of like when it started last week with the bloody championship celebration or whatever it was, I was like, yeah, cool. But when we get into Roman Reigns, that's the thing in that again, it underlines that he very much is the ace figure that he is presented as that's his character almost, but that is him in reality as well. This goddamn show, in my opinion, is vastly overrated, but I can understand why people overrate it when he is at the center of everything. Like he's a great act. As mm. I said, I can't possibly get buzzed about SmackDown week to week. I know a lot of people do. Fair play. If you haven't got sick of the format, like I don't think every WWE fan is a mutant. That's a total misconception. Just the arseholes in my mentions. <laughs> I can understand without agreeing why people think this show's awesome. Because if they haven't tired of the format and Roman Reigns is largely the central character of the show. He's great. Like Roman Reigns is so great at this point that he can literally just stand there and exude the fact that he is this invincible guy who can kill and beat everyone. Like his facial expressions are great. I like how he's got a little bit of a, not just the smug, not just the scary, but the little glint in his eye. It's kind of mischievous. 
Hmm. The, the idea of someone challenging, I just think he's very good, but his most impressive one is him simply standing there because he just, his presence alone conveys the idea that he's awesome. They finally got it right. I can understand why WWE fans are high on this show. He I'll made probably, them, he I'll made probably the word, bury it a bit though. He made the word we be intimidating last week because he was like, James was like, oh yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's booked. We, we're in a tag match. And he's like, he's talking about we. We are what matters here. You and this bloody chump brother of yours. But anyway, we'll get into that in due course. Because we is the um, Roman Reigns we that we've got at home. <laughs> we just said normally, oh, yeah, that's quite scary. We are retribution. <laughs> See, the, the T-bar burials aren't just limited to the raw stuff. Um, but it was a very eventful show last week, SmackDown. We'll get to the new real start of Friday Night SmackDown in due course. Uh, but let's start with the main event of last week, that fatal four-way that was interrupted by a returning Alistair Black, who just reminded us how great the Black Mass is as a finisher. I just, I'm still optimistic, despite everything. I'm so glad to see him back actually on TV, though, rather than doing those Tales of the Dark Father bollocks. Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't say I was delighted by this development, but I was delighted at the developments that these that, that this development put an end to. So that's one thing, right? Mm. We don't have to endure those horrendous... Like, I guarantee that if someone transcribed those Dark Father promos, people would think... Even the least discerning people would see past the aesthetic and think, oh, this is actually nonsense. <laughs> yeah. About and it's less bollocks than the stuff in the dark room, but it's still bollocks. It's still just basically what they're trying to pretentiously do is say this guy's a bit creepy and scary, and he's going to beat up your favorite guy. That's what they're trying to accomplish with this. They're just doing it very pretentiously. Um, the fact that he's past the vignette stage far earlier than the last time that still doesn't mean anything to me. I need this company top to bottom to be excellent from the opening match to the main event every single week on every single show for a year before I get any sort of semblance of cynicism out of me. Like, oh, it's probably going to be crap. Like, <laughs> that's just inbuilt now. But here's the thing. We don't have to endure those vignettes anymore. And with the sort of two birds, one stone development, we now finally are past Apollo Crews versus Big E as a program. <laughs> like, thank Christ it's unbelievable to me that this show gets the reputation it does. It's like, well, how? How, how could you possibly get excited about this dynamic? It's been yeah. happening for like months at this point. We've seen it so often. So that's over with. I mean, watch Alistair Black versus Big Eagle for four months at this point. But, you know, we're in week one of the four-month uh, the four month mid-card special of WWE. Um, so those two things are over and done with. In its place, something that will likely overstay its welcome, you can't not say that. Look at the precedent that's been set. But until it does overstay its welcome, it's very welcome to me. Love this dynamic. Um, Big E is just amazing. Everyone loves him. Having a better villain or a fresher villain to play off is always a good idea because eventually, people, like WWE has to reckon with the idea that Big E's the guy to beat Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And if this delivers in the ring, this program, then it'll hopefully convinced WWE, actually, you know what? Big E is the guy. Mm. And there are a few better wrestlers on that entire goddamn roster. And it's great, the roster, than Alistair Black. Um, I just think that this is the perfect vehicle with which to push Big E 
unfortunately, it appears like it's Alistair Black's vehicle to get over, which just coats everything in a 50-50 feeling. Like, I'll let it play out. I wouldn't be averse to the fact that Big E wins this one after four mm. months, but I just think that it will be a very, very good program. Just the yeah, idea yeah. of Black Mass getting hit, Big E ducking, sending them out of the ropes, suplexes. Like, this could be the best singles work that Big E's done in this company by a big margin. And whatever optimistic part of me remains, I would like to see it as the final bit of proof that, you know what, Big E can't be the face of this company. What are your thoughts on it? Because you're higher than me on SmackDown. I'm, I'm really excited about everything surrounding this. Like you say, I think it, even I admitted it was time to move past Big E versus Apollo Crews. And, you know, we could see we could see where it was all going. I don't think anyone, uh, me and Hamflet or Phil and Gareth, would have suggested anything other than a retention of that title by Apollo Crews last week. You can have him move on and, and feud with Kevin Owens. That dynamic could be quite fun as well. Um, I don't know what Sami Zayn's doing, but he needs to be doing something because he's so talented. Winning money in the bank. How about that? Yeah, we can dream here. Um, and yeah, and, and I'm going to be the one to invoke AEW here um, before you get pelters for doing it because this is, is potentially AEW-esque in terms of when we talk about certain things on AEW and you go into it going, hang on, neither guy can really afford to lose this. And that's what I see with, with Alistair Black versus Big E. Like you say, I want Alistair Black to be pushed in the words of one of my favorite wrestlers, to the moon. I think he's so, so talented. He could be a contender for Money in the Bank. A lot of my contenders for Money in the Bank come from the blue brand because it's the one I'm actually hot on. Biggie, obviously, as you said, for me, needs to be the guy who finally defeats Roman Reigns. You, you know, you it, it, do you have him have this war eventually in emerging victorious, but then that sort of weakens Alistair Black? Or do you have him lose that? And then that sort of weakens his position going towards Roman Reigns? I don't know. And that's the that's the beauty of it all. But like you say, the potential for these guys between the ropes is just thrilling. And uh, I'm just, first and foremost, I'm just glad, like you say, Alistair Black is, is out of that sodding room. And, uh, well, they're doing the long-term storytelling with the eye. People see, see people saying that on Twitter. Hello. God bless him. He's clearly done that because he cares about his craft. If you look at how he was costumed in those vignettes, he had a normal functioning eye. He's <laughs> like they told me to do this because there's an entire wardrobe department and a design department. And they've told me to do this because that's what people get told to do in WWE. He's clearly like caring about his craft. He's thought, you know what? If I stick a little contact lens in five minutes before I'm due out, like, no one's going to notice in WWE. The fans will, and I care about them. That's <laughs> all it is. Because as someone pointed out, like, there are several things he probably should have done before sticking that contact lens in, if there was any continuity in this company. Mm. We, know, we already know what it's like on social media nowadays. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about this thrilling uh, first ever encounter, I believe, between the Usos and the Street Profits tonight. Um, so excited for this, like you say, with the dynamic, not just between these four gentlemen, but also with the whole crack showing in the bloodline. I think Jimmy has been a, a real great addition in terms of the fact that I think a lot of us would have just booked him to to come in, to sort of fall in line, and you go, okay, we'll put the titles, the tag titles on the Usos, and they may well win them. Who knows? But you put the tag titles on the Usos, and you do the, you know, <laughs> what they did with the Hurt Business before they inexplicably wrote them up on Monday Night Raw. But uh 
you've got the excitement of how's this going to play out? What's the dynamic going to be like between Roman Reigns' right-hand man, uh, Jey Uso, and Jimmy, who's just like, ain't nobody's bitch, which I'm just still... I still think that's such a great line, the way he dropped it. And the Street Profits, who, great, something for them to get their teeth into. I think this could be a really, given enough time, and bloody hell, they gave enough matches, enough time on Monday, this could be a real, real fantastic match tonight. This is where my crusade, right? I've got a quest in life, Will Bourne. Do you want to know what the quest is? The quest is trying to convince people that SmackDown isn't actually that bloody great, right? It drives us insane. I don't feel like embarking on that quest when I see what's happening with this bloodline stuff because mm. it's actually pretty damn good. It opens up narrative questions. It has complex relationships between characters. It's decent episodic TV because it isn't blindingly obvious where it's going and what it's being done for, like on Raw with Drew versus Kofi, for example. You know that... They're going to book a match to do a match. This is far beyond that. It's actually quite elegant in terms of its story construction. Mm. So much so that when I'm watching this, I'm going to be on the hook because I don't know whether Roman Reigns is going to cost them the win when it looks like they're very close to doing it. It's like, no, it's about me. I don't care about your tag team. You're at the foot of the table, if you like. (laughs) Um, So Roman could get involved. The Usos could simply win and slowly infuriate Roman all the more to keep this thing going longer and longer and longer. As I said before, Roman could interfere, cost him the win, with the idea being that I don't think he's really got an established challenger for Hell in a Cell. Potentially, he could take Jimmy on, Mm. and they could do a revisit of last year's Hell in a Cell, um, feed off that, play on that. Um, What I'm arriving at in a roundabout way is that this is genuinely quite absorbing, unpredictable, but without the swerve bollocks. Unpredictable's got a horrendous connotation for the trauma traumatized survivors of Vince Russo's booking. But this is good unpredictable. That's good predictable and good unpredictable. This is good unpredict- unpredictable. Um, as for the match quality itself, it's probably going to be a banger. The matches get time these days because there's more of a priority in just putting on live matches because they do draw ratings more than recaps, but also it, you know, it avoids the need to write stories. This is the best version of that. You'll probably get a nice match and a story coming off the end of it. Um, I've missed the Usos. Yeah. Yeah. They're a very good tag team. This is a new dynamic of the tag team. There's lots of story to play with here. The idea being that they might be a little bit out of sync at the start. Then Jimmy Uso can try and like implore Jay, like, come on, stop being a bitch. And then they can sort of it might be nice to see Jay Uso smile. Yeah. From this extension servitude that he's in, the smile that could piss off Roman. There's loads to like about this. Yeah. A really, really exciting uh, potential in this match. Tough to call, like you say, in terms of the fact that they could just go down the route of like, well, have the Usos lose, but you could all, and then set up, as you mentioned, Jimmy versus Roman with the great history that the Usos and, and Roman have got inside Hell and Cell last year's. It's a great history, one year. Um, or, you could have them win and, and go on and potentially challenge for the tag title. Very quickly, I realise I'm going off topic here, but it's something that me and Hamlet campaign for on Fridays. What is your opinion of our theory regarding Dominic Mysterio, Electric Chair, and his dad on the ramp at Hell in a Cell? <laughs> I mean, they'd have to lose the titles first. 
Well, this is what I'm thinking. You, you do either Uso Street Profits or you can even run it back with Ziggler, Rude for all I care. And I just love the idea of, of Dominic. Obviously, he won the titles injured. Uh, maybe he gets injured or maybe Ray just thinks, oh, I'm going to tag in and and protect my son because he's he, he's in danger of losing this in the in the Hellenist in the match at Helena Cell. Ray gets pinned. Dominic goes, it's all right, Dad. Never mind. Up on your shoulders you go. It's Father's Day after all. It's Father's Day in the UK for Helena Cell Sunday. I'm there, you prick. Right, let's go fight a SummerSlam because my real dad wouldn't have done that, you bastard. I like your commitment to the fantasy booking. I find it impossible to care about Dominic Mysterio. He's got no charisma. He's not animated. Um, he was called upon to play the role of the battered returning babyface at WrestleMania Backlash. I just didn't get anything out of it. It's one of those where he was so impressive mechanically so early that I think everyone was like, Jesus Christ, this lad's good. Mm. And everyone was impressed with him. And then it says something that like he's almost seamlessly fitting with the WWE standard. I don't know what that says about him or the standard itself or the the level that they are told to work at. But whatever, it's very impressive that he's not out of place on that show. And yet I'm kind of over the fact that, hey, this guy who hasn't had much experience can actually go. Mm. Oh, that's good. All right, I'm bored now. Show me something else. And you just see David Flair looking back at you. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Let's move on, because around this time of year, I say this time of year, whenever we are weeks away from Hell in a Cell, 
you suddenly have to start looking and going, right, which matches are going to be granted hell in a cell? Like Bailey versus Sasha justified it last year. Uh, and to a certain extent, Jay and, and Roman. And I'm looking around and anticipating, well, probably Lashley McIntyre from Raw will get the Hell in a Cell treatment. Maybe Bailey Bianca Belair. We'll get onto that in a second. But are Seth Rollins and Cesaro potentially heading for Hell in a Cell? Because, well, that feud won't end. And he's beating the crap of, out of Cesaro on a weekly basis at the moment. Uh, it's got all the mechanisms that, or heading towards a stipulation match. Um, and I'd like it. Uh, at least I would prefer it to whoever steps up to challenge Roman Reigns and hopefully he doesn't go to a triple threat. Um, just feels like that's in vogue at the moment and I just don't want to see much more of that stuff. Um, so see what, three triple threat matches over the last two pay-per-views in mm. WWE? Yeah, including WrestleMania Night 2 and WrestleMania Backlash with three title match triple threats. Like, get out of that mode. Don't know who you book for Roman, but that's another talking point. Um, yes, I mean, heel loses cleanly in first match, having injured babyface. Heel refuses to take that in good sport, kicks it out of babyface. Babyface traps him in structure with no place to run and sneak and tack. And it's just, they've actually done it quite well. I'll give them that. Yeah. It's important because it's the way these things usually go. But sometimes in WWE, when they do something sensible, it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where'd you get that from, you decaying brain, Vince? Honestly, yeah, the madness today of finding out that the thing that ruined the Iconics wasn't actually Vince. Was, it's been my... There's an old, old wrestling cosmic joke, right? Or a running joke, whatever you want to call it, where everyone in the 2000s, when they used to fire people more regularly, right? Hmm. And they have over the past three years, even though they're, they're returning back to old form. Every guy in the shoot interview circuit, right, used to say, yeah, Vince always told me that he liked me, but um, John, Light, John Laurinaitis didn't see it in me. So he was head of talent relations, and yeah. he was like, um, I made the call, the hatchet guy. It's like, well, if Vince liked it, he would have kept you. Mm. So poor Billy Kay has been worked by Vince, I think. But yeah, I, I, I really like watching Seth Rollins and Cesaro work together. And uh, it's weird because he's just doing the, like when he came out and cackled in Roman's face and then just brutalised Cesaro at the end of WrestleMania Backlash. I, I'm far more into this version of Seth Rollins than I was a few months ago. So... I don't know whether it's just the snazzy suits. I'm not too sure, but um, the problem is in my head. I think, I think on over the course of Raw and SmackDown, I've probably booked about six matches to be given the Hell in a Cell treatment, and I'll be the same person to turn around in a few weeks and gone. Why are they given three matches the Hell in a Cell treatment? So I'm a complete hypocrite, of course. But yeah, I think they can they can a justify it and b Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Uh, hasn't outstayed its welcome to the Big E Apollo Crews extent. So uh, yeah, one more match with uh, with the salad as a, as a, an added stick to it all. Great stuff. Um, I don't know whether you'd have Cesaro even show up on this week's show though, because didn't he get beaten up at WrestleMania Backlash? Then get beaten up again whilst I think his arm was in a sling on SmackDown last week, and then Rollins sort of just sort of attacked him again as he was getting wheeled out of the arena. I think. Just have Seth Rollins be a cocky bastard this week for me. Yeah, 
I mean, the beats would indicate that Cesaro gets one over on him, but I mean, it's established, isn't it? Just do whatever. Looking when Hell in a Cell actually is in terms of how many weeks we've got. It is June 20th. Oh, yeah. We've got three more Smackdowns then after this one. Yeah. Yeah. Just have Seth be a snazzy, cocky bastard this week. It's dead simple. Um, in terms of the women's division, I don't want to talk about tag teams anymore. So let's just talk about Bailey and Bianca Belair. Technically, last week, Bailey got a victory over Bianca Belair. Granted, it was more related to Nia and Shayna and Tamina and Natalia. But technically, Bailey can sit there and say, huh, got a victory over the SmackDown women's champion. I was disappointed by what they did uh, at WrestleMania Backlash, especially in terms of the finish more so than, than anything else. So I'd have them run it back. Do you think Bailey targets Bianca Belair again and, I don't know, moans about hair stuff from the last pay-per-view? I mean, uh, probably. Just, it's, I can't get excited about this. Like, I can't. The finish at WrestleMania Backlash was such that I thought, yeah, cheeky bastards, I know what you're doing. Mm, yeah. Just doing this again. You're doing a finish designed to build to another match. And look, this is the way wrestling was done for years and years and years and years and years. I get that. I've seen the light. Okay. That you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily give the most cheeky pretexts to not give you a finish, a resolution and then just do another match. I don't even like the first match very much. I've not liked the promos building to the matches. I can't take Bailey seriously as a challenger because if they really cared about her, and this is Bailey for Christ's sake, she almost carried this company through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If they really cared about her, they would have given us something to do um, mm-hmm. well in advance of and at WrestleMania. So it doesn't have this big, Christ, she can win the title. The title doesn't have this. Christ, that's really prestigious. The match quality isn't established where it's like, Christ, I'd love to see this again. So I just can't not be bored. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think as much as uh, they enjoy having Bailey just sort of laughing Bianca Belair's uh, face and, and bitch and moan about shenanigans at WrestleMania backlash involving that, I think you need a, a, an edgier side to Bailey and all this. She should be furious. Um that she's yeah that she's not if if they're maybe maybe they tease sort of bypassing her as the for the next challenger to Bianca and she's like no I need to make a statement here and you just because it's just so easy like Sasha and I don't know who on earth they have Bianca face next and certainly if you head towards SummerSlam all I can see is like uh just do Bailey and Sasha together uh, in a triple threat with, with Bianca because they're really not establishing any other women on the blue brand but. Yeah, for the time being, uh, I'd just have Bailey get a little bit more vicious uh, and target Bianca Belair. You know, I don't think you necessarily go to the whole hog and have a cut Bianca Belair's hair off, but you know, maybe tease that or something, and Bianca be like, "Oh, okay, right. Well, we're gonna have this out at Ellen and Cell or something." But you just need to to re up something with uh, Bailey and Bianca Belair. Let's conclude then, Sige, by talking about the real star of Friday Night Smackdown, that being the debuting Rick Boogs. He debuted 
last week in amongst this bonkers story of Shinsuke Nakamura steals King Corbin's crown and he's the king of strong style and now Boogs is there with his guitar shredding it and Pat McAfee's there air guitaring along and pissing off Michael Cole. But yeah, what's next for Nakamura? Rick Boogs! And King Corbin, and what did you make of Boogs's debut? Because my God, I love him. Well, Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin are going to have a two, or th- two and three or three or three and a quarter at its absolute ceiling match at Hell in a Cell on the undercard. It's going to be... The programme is going to be penned with the most frivolous of stakes. Who cares about stealing each other's clothes? Like, how can I possibly get about that? You yeah. know what I mean? So that'd be crap. Let's talk about Boogs. I hated it. It's... Like I was a massive, massive New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, right? Shinsuke Nakamura is otherworldly in how dangerous and cool he is. Even if you'll never get to that level in WWE because they just can't promote guys like that. I still don't want to see a WWE. I still don't think they belong together. It's weird psychologically how a babyface has got like even just the visual of backup or just yeah. play, it's just it's 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 an idea that's been shot out, isn't it? Boogs <laughs> guy, he's got something and he does. I like Boogs. What you would do, right? We're not doing much with Nakamura. It just feels so half baked. Um, look, here's the thing: Boogs doing a high note is tremendous. Mm. I loved him doing the high note with Nakamura. Tremendous. Just do that. Have him just be his band or his singer or his guitarist. Just to then do that Nakamura high note. That'll get over the crowds. They can copy it. And then Boogs can be a tag team with him or just not second him. Because it's weird. And baby faces have and can have managers. It's just, I don't trust WWE's approach to what they deem good people to have an unfair advantage, in mm. theory, because it's just, they're going to gang up on Baron Corbin and say, oh, I'm going to be sympathising with this knob who trivialises cancer <laughs> and talks about the IWC like he's a troll in 2006. Great. Do want to sympathise with him? Thank you very much. But yeah, I like Boog's just fine, just not in this role. Yeah, I mean, I've been crying out, as we all have at What Culture, for... for... Well, what was originally Eric Bugenhagen, then Rick Bugs, now Rick Boogs. Uh, just make your mind up on what we have to call him. I don't care. But uh, yeah, at the moment we saw that that entrance. If you haven't seen it, check it out. His uh, his entrance in NXT many many moons ago. Certainly at a time when when we could actually interact with each other in the office, which feels like a lifetime ago. When we uh, paid homage to it, the rest of us uh, uh, doing a, a clip you may have seen on Phil Chambers' Twitter last week. But yeah, I, I think. Hopefully, WWE will have seen the online reaction to him, which is all we can really use to, to gauge a lot of stuff nowadays and seeing that, yeah, there's a little something there. It, you're completely right. Like him strumming a guitar to distract Corbin to allow Shinsuke oh, bloody Nakamura to win matches is, is a bit preposterous. Oh, that's going to happen as well, is it? Yeah, but, but maybe balance this out because I was just thinking, what on earth do you do with Sami Zayn? I suppose you can just have him be someone who fights for justice and says, you know what, King Corbin, yeah, I, I, I'll help you out. 
and uh, I don't know, crown bollocks. I'd like to see Sammy in a crown as well, as much as I enjoy seeing Shinsuke in a crown. Maybe this is all a, a route to the bloody King of the Ring coming back. Who knows if that happens? Xavier Wood should win the whole thing, but still. Um, yeah, Nakamura and Rick Boogs is something. It's just a... I said this at the time when a moment I watched it, of like, okay, this is random, but anything that gets more Rick Boogs on my TV is kind of all right by me. In terms of what's next, yeah, I suppose you're just going to have a an infuriated Corbin tonight, uh, inevitably interrupted by another guitar so, solo and a, and a high note from, from Rick Boogs and... Yeah, like you say, a, a middling match probably between Nakamura and uh, and Corbin. But look at Rick Boogs, man. Push him to the moon. He's bloody brilliant. And uh, yeah, as we always say, eh, better than Monday Night Raw, isn't it? Let us yeah. know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE, of course. Uh, while actually there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sid will be back later on today to preview AEW Dynamite and Phil. I think maybe just Phil actually this week. I'm not sure if Gareth's back, but there will be a SmackDown preview out, to, uh, SmackDown review, sorry, out tomorrow, of course. But this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.